Ahab, but um, Ahaz, which was Hezekiah's father, was the king over Judah, the southern kingdom of the country. And he was a wicked guy. But, but you know, he just done all kind of horrible atrocities, and much like um, King Ahab of Israel. And uh, he was just a, a wicked king, period. But he had a son by the name of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah was, was an absolute polar opposite to his father. It reminded me of someone like Abraham, because Abraham, though his father Terah worshipped the sun and the moon and stars and all that, the Bible says that Abraham did not serve the gods of his father. There, there is a time to break tradition. I'll give you another example just because you look like you need one. Um, Gideon. The Bible said that his father had Asherah poles uh, out in the front yard and Baal idols and all of this stuff. And one night during the middle of the night, Gideon got up and cut down his daddy's idols and his, his shrines to his gods in the middle of the night. Cut them down. Why? Because he had met the true God. And, and it's kind of like Hezekiah. Hezekiah grows up and he says, you know what, I ain't going to be like my dad. I, I, I'm not going to be evil and I'm not going to be wicked um, but he was the, the king of the, or, or the son of this wicked king. And, uh, you know, Ahaz was so wicked, he left his son so much work to do. I mean, he literally done things like this. Um, he had nailed the walls of the temple shut. They were worshiping. I, I never even realized this. It never dawned on me until I was studying this week. You remember the bronze serpent the, that Moses raised up in the wilderness when the snakes had bitten the people? And, and he said, if you'll just look toward this bronze serpent that I made, there ain't no power in the snake. There's no power in that at all. But if you'll just look toward it, it'll demonstrate that you have faith in what I'm telling you, and your faith will reverse the venom that's in your body, and you will live. No matter where you are in the camp, you just look up. That's what Moses told the people. And, and some of them, ignorant, just decided not to look up to the hill, and, you know, and they died. But then it reminded me of the type and shadow because one day Jesus Christ would be lifted up on a hill, and everyone who looked to him would also receive healing, amen, of their malady and their sickness, which was sin unto death. Well, they, had, they still had that, that bronze snake that Moses had erected high on a hill where everybody could look at it. And you know what they did? They decided to worship that snake. They decided to, to put faith and confidence in that. And that's what Hezekiah's father was, you know, doing. You know, they were worshiping these. They nailed the doors to the temple shut and all of these things. But when Hezekiah come to the throne, Hezekiah said, you know what? I'm not going to be wicked like my dad. And you know what? I'm going to open the temple back up. He had the nails pulled out of the doors, and he opened the doors to the temple. He reinstated the Levitical priesthood and the worship. Um, he began to cut down the shrines. He destroyed the brazen snake and all that that they were worshiping. That goes to show you that story right there about the bronze snake. Somebody can take something that God intended and used for good, and they can make evil out of it. You know, and, and so, but anyway, Hezekiah put God first in everything he did. I mean, he was just a righteous king, kind of like King Asa, who done what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the days of his life. So the, the Bible says that he was successful in whatever he put his hand to do. Now, I want to tell you something. There is a correlation between being a righteous man, opening the doors of the temple again, uh, cutting down the shrines and the, the poles uh, and, and, and doing away with 
of the gods that the people was worshiped. There's a correlation between being righteous and being successful. And God made him successful, and everything he put his hand to do was successful. Why? Because he was a man that served God, and he honored God. Now, here's what I want you to understand. There was a time in his life that things got a little rocky. Now, I want you to know no matter what you do in your life, and no matter how good you are and how much you tithe and come to church and lead life groups, there will be some rocky times in your life. There will be some times when things go um, off the rails, it seems. There will be times when things get out of control. And, um, and so it is in Hezekiah's life. He has done the right thing. Man, he's tried to restore Judah. He's brought them back and said, you cannot serve gods over here and gods over there. There is only one God that our father David showed us. And he began to hearken and draw them back to God Jehovah. And he'd done away with all of that foolishness. And, and, and you know, people looked at him and people began to respect him. And he was, um, you know, he was walking in the ways of the Lord. But all of a sudden, here comes Shenacherib. Here comes the Assyrian Empire. The, uh, you remember there was the Egyptian Empire that first oppressed Israel, and now they've sort of come out of power. But the Assyrians have stepped up to be the world-dominant power. You remember? And so here's the Assyrian power, and um, Hezekiah is facing this, this um, cruel empire. They've invaded Judah. They're marching against Jerusalem. The Assyrians had already con conquered the northern kingdom. In other words, they had already gone to um, the north of the country. They had already invaded. They had already taken over. And word has come now to King Hezekiah that Shenacherib is coming and that Assyria is coming. So what do you do when you hear such news? God, I've opened the temple back up. God, I've cut down the idols. God, I've burned the snake. I've done all this. I've tried my best to get the people to serve you and not serve all of these idols. And it was God that promised that if you walk away from me, then I will walk away and allow countries to come in and, and take you down. But he calls out to God. And I think about him over in, um, I, I think it is in uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, we find him over somewhere around verse 14. Hezekiah's praying. I don't know if I gave you this scripture or not, but Hezekiah received a letter from the messengers and read it. Here, now, after he read this letter, I, I want you to know what he did. He received a letter from the messengers, he read it, and he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. He said, Lord, I want you to read this too. You know, it's kind of like you getting a bad piece of mail. And you lay it on your table and say, God, do you see this? This is what they're saying. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim. You alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth. He had already tried to tell the southern kingdom that. You alone are God. Beside you there's no other. But here's a letter that I've got from the north or, or from the Assyrians. And they're coming, and this is what they're going to do. And Hezekiah made a prayer to God for deliverance. He prayed, oh, God, give me deliverance. And, and here's what I want to tell you. I, I don't have time to get into all of it, but I do know this, that God sent word back to him and said, uh, Shenacherib and Assyria will never enter into Jerusalem. Are you with me? How about that? When you pray, here's something you can do. Not only pray, but take it to the Lord in prayer. Take that email and lay it out to God. Take that paper from the IRS and lay it out. 
Take that decree from the court and lay it out. Take that diagnosis from the doctor and lay it out. And that's what, that's what Hezekiah did. God, I want you to see this with me. I'm believing in you, and I'm doing everything. And so this dominant world power has come in. And, uh, but, but God says through the prophet Isaiah in 19 and 2, he says, be assured that Assyria will never enter into Jerusalem. Amazing thing has happened. Um, he prays a wonderful prayer. Here's what he said. And I want you to see it in the temple. Hezekiah prays this beautiful prayer. It's in 2 Kings 19 and 19. And he, he says, um, asking God to vindicate. He says this, Lord, our God delivers from the hand so that the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are Lord and God. Now, no, I want you to notice what happened. That night the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 Assyrians. You hear me? The angel of the Lord. I mean, he didn't send somebody this way. He said, the angel of the Lord put to death 185,000 Syrians or Assyrians. He said when the people got up the next morning, there were dead bodies everywhere. The remaining Assyrians quickly broke camp, withdrew in abject defeat, if you will. You see, the Lord had saved Hezekiah. Why? Hezekiah prayed. There is power in prayer for the people who will pray. There is power in prayer for those who will simply believe. I, listen, there is a time to just get all out there. I mean, I, I had 30 interns here Friday and Saturday from all over the state of South Georgia. And, and man, we had us a wonderful time. And I, I, I talked about and reminisced about some times where I just got, I'm talking about out there in prayer. You know how it is when you cannot control your crying, when you just, man, you're crying everywhere, you're snot, never where. I'm sorry for the graphic. But you understand where you just sort of got out there with God and you just got lost. There's a time for that. And God will answer those prayers, but there's also a time when you, you ain't got all that. It's kind of like the thief on the cross said, Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And, you know, there it is. And, and God hears those prayers, and he answers those prayers. And then there's another prayer. Hezekiah prayed. It comes in chapter 20. Uh, I want you to look in uh, um, 2 Kings chapter 20 and verse 1. Here's what the Bible said. In those days, Hezekiah became ill. He was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says. How would y'all like for the prophet to come to your house? Put your house in order because you're going to die and you will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Hello? Remember, O oh Lord, how I walked before you faithfully, wholeheartedly, and in devotion. I have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Yeah, he had the tears and the snot going too. He said, and before Isaiah left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. And he went back to Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, and this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. I will heal you. And on the third day from now, you'll go to the temple of the Lord. Let me hold on right there. Let me tell you what's happening. All of these wonderful reforms have taken place. And God has done some wonderful and powerful things by the hands of Hezekiah. He don't walk in the ways of his father Ahaz, 
But he begins to tear down the shrines and the, all the other the, the idols and all of that. And he opens the temple and institu- institutes the Levitical priesthood again. And he begins to sacrifice and worship God. And God honors him and gives him great success. The Assyrians come against him and he prays a prayer for deliverance. Oh, that God, that you would help us, that they would know that there is only one God. And God sent an angel to kill 185,000 Assyrians. And God just did a wonderful deliverance that day. And now he's older. And the prophet of the Lord, a friend of his, Isaiah, Isaiah comes to him and says, he's a friend. But Isaiah comes and says, put your house in order, my friend, because God has said you're going to die and not live. He had a very bad boil, like a rising. Remember the days of the, you know, back in those days now, MRSA or some kind of terrible infection. He had this boil and He was going to die. In fact, the prophet said, set your house in order. You shall die and not live. As soon as the prophet left out of the room, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and began to cry. And as he cried, he began to remind God, I wasn't like my daddy. I tried to pull this nation back together. I tried to turn Judah back to God. I tried to eradicate Satan and all the evil things. I reopened the temple. I instituted the Levitical priesthood. We began to sacrifice to you, and I told the people there's no God like God. And I've done all of these things. Oh, God, please remember that that I have done. I don't want to die right now. And the Bible says, I want you to catch this, because if you would imagine if we was in the palace and we was in the upper room, up in the king's bedroom, and Isaiah's went up there and prophesied, set your house in order because you're going to die and not live. He turns and walks away and goes down the steps throughout the palace, and he's walking across the courtyard. And God speaks to him. Isaiah, I've heard my servant Hezekiah's prayer, and I've changed my mind. Go back and tell him, I just added 15 years to his life. Don't tell me, God, don't answer prayer. They told him, go get together. I believe it was figs and some sort of a a deal and, and put that on that boil and you're going to recover. See, he said, I'm going to add 15 to your li- years to your life, and I will deliver you in the city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I'll defend this city for the, my sake and for the sake of my servant David. And then Isaiah said, prepare a, a poultice of figs. So they did, and they applied it to the boil, and he recovered. Two things that Hezekiah, well, actually, it was two prayers. That, and I'm sure he prayed all the time. But he prayed when he needed deliverance. Now, I want you to understand something. He was doing what was right, and evil still came. Some of you have been sold a bill of goods that if you just go to the church, if you just start trying to serve the Lord, you ain't never going to have a battle. Nobody's ever going to give you any problems. Everything will be roses and peachy and all, you know. But there will be days when adversity comes. There will be hardships. There will be times when you don't understand it. And there will be times when you, like Gideon, will say, Lord, if you're really on my side, why has all of this evil befallen me? And if you're really on my side, why, why, why? But I want to tell you something. God did not tell us that we had to understand everything, but he did tell us to be faithful. Huh? Paul the apostle said, keep the faith that that we're to walk by faith and not by sight. 
And when things look bad, you just keep on keeping on. And you keep on hanging on. Prayer still changes things. I saw a bumper sticker, and I've seen it on, on different glass and various, uh, a sign that says, push, pray until something happens. It's pretty good. Push, pray until something happens. So here's what he did, and here's what I want to challenge you to do as you stand with me this morning. He decided, I'm being invaded, I'm going to pray. I want you to, to know that there's nothing wrong with reminding God that you've been faithful. Now, I know that we're all sinners saved by grace. If you are saved, if you're not, you can be. But I find in the Bible over and over again where men and women reminded God, God, I've done my best to represent you well. I have failed at times, and I've messed up, and I've made a mess of some things. But that's what Hezekiah said, God, I want to remind you that when everybody else was worshiping idols and when everybody else worshiped that snake that Moses held up in the bushes, I burned it. I tore it down. I did not put my hand up in the air and see what people wanted to hear. I said, we are going to serve the living God. That's right. He said, you know, sometimes I had to go it alone. And he reminded God of his faithfulness. And he said, here comes Shennacherib. Here comes Assyria. And God just sends his leader a word. And said, they'll never enter Jerusalem. I love the still small voice of God when all kind of hell's going on in my life and the Spirit of the Lord just says, they'll never enter Jerusalem or they'll never enter your house. They'll never enter that church or that situation. And what God was telling him was, I've got this. Don't worry about your army. Don't worry about having to fight it. And I don't know who God told to do it in heaven. It might have been Michael the archangel. I'm not sure, but he said, dispatch an angel down there and kill 185,000 of those that think they're going to Jerusalem tonight. Hey, hey, the power of prayer for those people who pray. And then dreadful, dreadful news came. And, and it wasn't like the doctor told him, you're about to die. It wasn't like he had a medical report. It was a trusted prophet of God. It was a friend that he had already seen his prophecies come true. He knew if this man said it, it's going to happen. His friend said, get ready, you're going to die. I want you to understand this, that God is sovereign. That means he has the ability to make the rules, change the rules, or suspend the rules. In Robert's Rules of Order, if you ever been in such a business meeting, the body can agree to suspend the rules, whatever that may be that they're dealing with. I want to tell you something. You know, there, there's, we have certain laws. I mean, the sun rises and it sets. But you know what God can do? Tell the sun to stand still for a minute, just, just a few minutes. That's what he did. If I had time to tell you, I believe it was five degrees or something like that. He stopped the sun and let the shadow go back five degrees. Are you with me? Ooh, man. 
Only God can. I said he can suspend the rules if he wants to. And Satan knows it. Do you know why? The law of gravity says if you jump off this building, you are going to accelerate until you hit the ground and then come to a sudden stop. You don't have to believe the rule. It don't matter. Climb up the cross tower and do it and see what happens. You will meet the ground fast. But you know what the devil told Jesus? Cast yourself off this mountain because hadn't God given his angels charge over you? Can't he suspend the rules that he would bear you up? God can do whatever he chooses to do. So I want to challenge you to pray. There is power in prayer for people that will pray. And here's what I know. Every one of us, myself included, could do a better job in our conversations with God. We could pray and walk and talk longer with Him, more intently with Him, sincerely with Him. So bow with me right now, if you will. And you might be facing an invasion into your life. You might be facing some terrible diagnosis as, uh, as Hezekiah was or a proclamation that says it's over for you. But in the name of Jesus right now, Lord, I pray. God, as Hezekiah prayed for deliverance and got it, prayed for healing and got it, I pray for these people right here, Lord, at the harbor today that stand here, some facing some sort of invasion by the enemy into their lives and into their homes, some facing uh, a terrible proclamation about their health or about their situation. Father, we cry unto you like Hezekiah. We pray and we ask you to show my neighbors there is a God in heaven that hears me. Show my doctors, show my enemy, show this world, show my friends, show the church. There's power in prayer for those who pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Amen. We have a prayer.